Good evening, everybody. We are here with our Q&A. Come to the end of the second week, February the 11th, session 155, says the screen. And we just want to thank you once again for the questions. We got a lot of backlog too, mm-hmm. but uh, no, we are not writing exams, so the backlogs are okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll trust God for the answers. And we want once again continue to thank you for the questions. Some of the questions are like have come over and over again, but from different people. So we know these are things that really concern people. Mm. And so we will give you keep giving you the same answers because God doesn't change, his word doesn't change. Sometimes we have to repeatedly hear certain things over and over again yeah. before it will penetrate our heart, not mm. our mind. Our heart as faith comes from the heart we believe then suddenly we will realize we are free from that so we'll pray first father this evening we just want to thank you lord we just want to thank you thank you father thank you lord thank you lord even now you are here with us simply because you're faithful to your word because we have gathered in your name and you said you would be here and you are here And everywhere, Lord, where people are listening, you are with them. For you are Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. God who said, you will never leave us. Mm. You forsake us. You will be with us forever. Mm. Thank you, Father. We come at this time of Q&A into thy hands. We pray, Lord, the answers will bring comfort and strength and encouragement to everyone who hears, O Lord. Let your word go forth and heal us of our destructions, according to your word. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We'll start, Pastor. We'll start with question number one. Yes. Question number one. Uh, It says, uh, fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by exposure to danger or expectation of pain. Do you agree? They also define fear as painful emotions marked by alarm, extreme awe or anticipation of danger, agitation or revulsion caused by forebodings, fright or dread or disquiet. But the Bible says God did not give us a spirit of fear but of a sound mind, body and soul. Yet we fear, we fear the unknown as well. Please help us understand. First, we need to realize, like I said, it's always good, like Jesus answered, it was not so in the beginning. Mm. That is the answer. There was no fear when God created man. Absolutely no fear in man. There was no fear in animals. There was no fear on earth at all. Everything was in balance. And God had created man, put him in this garden, and they were to walk with God and rule, subdue, have dominion under God. That was the whole idea. And if you look at the pattern in Genesis chapter 2 or 3, God comes every evening. Mm. The cool of the day, he spends time with his two children. So they were supposed to hear from God and love. And hear from God and love. God only told them one thing in, we know, Genesis 2 and verse 17. He tells them one thing not to do. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely lie. Mm. 
if you go towards 9, if I'm right, of the same chapter, Genesis 2, 9, out of the ground God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Okay, Every tree was pleasant to the sight and good for food. Because later, you will look at the forbidden tree and see it was pleasant to the sight and good for food. Mm. Okay, but every tree was actually pleasant to the God. Did not make any ugly tree and terrible fruit. He didn't make everything was pleasant. Okay, the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there were two trees. Man was supposed to live by the first one, the principle of life, not by the principle of good and evil. Mm. That was how we were called to look. The tree of life, in so many ways represents Jesus. He said, I am the life. So, when they disobeyed, see, two things were being tested there. Two things were being tested because everything has to be tested, right? One, their faith was going to be tested. Mm. Do you believe what I have said? If you eat, you will die. Mm. They don't know what death is. They haven't experienced death at all in any form. But God has said, by faith, we believe God. We understand. We don't understand what it is, but here understands mean we accept what God has said. One, their faith was going to be tested. Do you trust what I have said and you will obey me? Two, do you love me to obey me? Both are important. Mm. Okay? Like you have a 17-year-old child and you tell the child, don't do this. What is being trusted is his faith. Do you trust me not to do this? But you have a one-year-old toddler. His faith is not being tested. His love is being tested. Mm. Okay? Okay. You never tell a one-year-old or two-year-old toddler, uh, if you trust me, don't do this. You just say, do you love me? Yes, okay, then don't do it. So to both, things are usually tested. Our faith is being tested and our love for God is tested. Because the whole thing is built on a relationship. And we know they fell. They disobeyed God. They listened to another voice. They disobeyed God and they fell. Once they fall, what comes in is fear comes in. He said you will die. Honestly, I'm telling you, there is no death, there is no fear. All fear is ultimately connected to loss and death. Any disease, you can have the most terrible disease. If the disease does not kill you, you are not afraid. All kinds of diseases are there. Some diseases cause fear because you know it is critical, life-threatening, mm. we call it. So fear. Now, If man hadn't sinned, there would be no fear and there would be no pain either. See, these are all related. When God said, if you eat, you will die. Death is the end. But before death comes, so many other things come. It was connected to that death. Fear comes, pain comes, sickness comes, loss comes. All kinds of things come along with that one commandment. So it came. So man cannot now, cannot now escape from that principle, that law that was set into motion. Mm. Please understand that. Once a law is set into motion, you cannot escape. Like gravity is there. You cannot escape it. Cannot escape it. Everybody who is on planet Earth has to live 
by the principle of gravity. It's a law of God. You cannot escape it. If you want to escape it, it you need another law. You are not cancelling gravity. Gravity is still there. Because of the law of thermodynamics, you, the plane takes off. It does not mean it cancels gravity. is still there. Yes. Still there. Yeah. But only thing, this other law is superseding the the first law. Because the airplane takes off, people cannot say, oh, gravity isn't there. All you have to do is open one of the plane doors. Suddenly you realize gravity works. Gravity works. Okay, gravity works. Or you jump out like they do, the parachutes. What happens? You jumped out of the plane and immediately you realize the gravity, the law never changed. So there are two laws. So that's what the Bible is talking about. This law of death is still ruling. It's still ruling. And with it comes all the related things. The only way you can supersede law is another law called the law of the spirit of life. Mm. That's where you have to go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 and 2. Okay, There are two laws working there. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. First thing is that there is no condemnation. The first thing when Adam and Eve fell was they came under the condemnation of the law. You sinned. You broke the law. You are a sinner. First that comes is condemnation. That's why they are trying to hide. They are trying to hide. Okay, that's that's basically what happens with humanity. The thing is that condemnation brings shame. Condemnation brings shame. So it is inbuilt in the fallen man. We are born in sin. So we are born with that nature of condemnation. So we want to cover. We want to cover. You see a baby is born naked, but the baby is ignorant. But what the parents do is try, they cover the baby. Mm. They cover the baby. Because, you know what? But when Adam and Eve walked, the Bible says they were naked and they were not ashamed. Why were they not ashamed? Because there was no condemnation. There was mm. no condemnation. Condemnation comes with sin. So the first thing that causes sin is condemnation. So now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Christ. First thing, God takes that condemnation away. You are not under sin. You are not under condemnation. Then he says, but don't walk under the flesh. Because if you walk under the flesh, the old principle will work. Instead, if you want to walk free without condemnation, walk according to the Spirit. Walk according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That is the first law. If you eat, you will die. Mm. So there is two laws. If I walk in the first law in verse 2, it will set me from the other law. Set me from the other law. So, if you look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, 121, she will bring forth a son and you shall name, call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. sins. So we are out of condemnation. We are no longer condemned. What does the word condemned mean? Actually, it's a legal term. This is a man who has been condemned, condemned to die by hanging. 
condemned. It's a death penalty. He's been condemned to six years in solitary, ten years of life. It's a judgment. So the first thing he's promised in the new covenant is Jesus, when we put our trust in Jesus, he frees us from the condemnation that comes from sin. He will save people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then if you go to verse 23, it's a second promise. Okay. The virgin shall be with child, her bearer son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Second promise is what happens on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes. And he is with us forever. That's what Jesus will say. He's with you now, in you, with you, in you, forever. Now, that is the beginning of the spirit of life. The spirit of life has come in. See, the only way you can escape this law of fear is by walking by the law of the spirit, which is the law of faith. If you go to Visan for worship, you go to Isaiah 43. Right? Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Why should I f- you not fear? First thing, for I have redeemed you. Mm. You are out of condemnation. Mm. Don't be afraid. I have redeemed you. Mm. Redemption is freed from the condemnation of the penalty of death. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, you will have trouble in this life Mm. because it's a sinful world. It's a world under sin, under Satan. You will have problems. So, two, it it is put across in the old terms in which they could understand. Life is put across in two things. What did people actually worry about when you are walking or living? Two things. One is floods. The other is fire. You have to look, see the old movies and all. But even then, when all have wooden structures and when a fire comes on, they have a bell which they ring. Everybody comes out. They stand in a line. There's always one tank full of water. Everybody is passing on. These are two terrible things people worry about. Okay? Common. Earthquakes happen once in a while. But floods happen. Fires happen. Okay? So, you will pass through the waters, I'll, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. So God is using two things, natural things, to help us understand. He says, you will go through difficulties. Mm. So he goes to the extremes. Floods. Jordan was flooded and overflowing the banks. That is when God is asking them to cross over. Right? If it is shallow, then you will not be prepared to face struggles without fear. So let me take you through the worst period of this season (laughs) so that you will know I am with you. I am with you. So these are all the experiences of Israel. Okay? So he uses See, why should they not be afraid of the waters and the fires because they will disappear? No, because I will be with you. That is Emmanuel, God with us, for them. 
always was represented by a person, a person of Moses, a person of Joshua, or if somebody was there who represented God to them. Because it was a nation and they had a leader. But today it's different. Everybody has been given the Spirit of God. See, you cannot escape this. The only way you will escape this law by is by adhering to the other law. That's where repentance comes. We need to understand why repentance is so important is because we always look at repentance as a bad word. Oh, he sinned and he has now has to repent. No, that's not what. If you go to Romans 14, 23. He who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. So we have looked at it, but we have to go back to this. The most common thing about all of us humans is that we all eat. That's common. Everybody eats. If you don't eat, you will die. He eats. But we are asked to bring faith into the most common thing. Don't exclude anything in life from faith because faith is now a lifestyle. Okay, if you go to Second Corinthians, and whatever is not from faith is sin. Okay, if you go to Second Corinthians five seven, life is divided into two categories: you either walk by faith or you walk by sight. Mm. Only two ways: mm. walk by faith or walk by sight. So, if you walk by sight, it is sin. If you walk by sight, it is sin. And sin brings its own problems, including condemnation, shame, fear, all these things will come. Because the other law will operate. So God says, don't walk by sight. You are used to walking by sight, but don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. The issue with walking by faith is that, one, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Faith comes from hearing. So the question is, who is the one who is speaking? The one who is speaking is the Spirit of God. So when you hear and you obey Him, what happens? You are now going by the spirit of life. One, you are out of condemnation. Two, you are out of fear. Mm. And death does not hold any fear for you. Though death will happen ultimately, it holds no fear because you actually experientially know death has no power over you. Mm. You will just cross over. Death doesn't hold any fear for you at all. Mm. Hold any fear for you at all. Let's put it across in this way. Think about a student who has worked hard, absolutely 100% sure have covered the syllabus. And tomorrow is exam. Is he afraid? No, he's not afraid. He's waiting for the exam. Okay. This is the confidence that Jesus gives about the ultimate fear of man. It's a fear of death. Mm. Okay. If we go to Romans, sorry, John 14 and read from words 1, 2, 3. It's beautiful. Okay. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Mm. It's a very special verse because it's the first time he brings both together, yeah. God and him, and says, believe in God, believe also in me. What is he talking about? Your hearts are always troubled about the future, 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 death, and all these things. He doesn't even mention death. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may 
be also see this is see what is what is jesus address what are fears connected with fears are connected with so like now look at turkey and syria right you know, poor people thousands and thousands hundreds and thousands homeless you know, all this stuff is there but these things can happen but when these things happen the question is what is the believers what you call security security is god wow. security is god security is god it is so important like that's what i say the entire purpose of the preaching of the word of god is so that faith will come yes we are not teaching principles there are principles but principles in itself are useless you have to apply faith to it god put a principle if you eat you will die it's a principle it's a law now what is adam and eve supposed to do they have to apply faith it is not what is said first it is not what is said first it is who said is it what is first amen yes it is not what is said because what is said we will not understand many of the times when we were growing up no now sometimes i sit back and think you know what i said shall listen to my father when he said that he said that then and you know what i just 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 should have listened years later you can realize you know what what he said was true i should have just listened little little things no it comes back no the thing is that god is there and god has put people in our lives to bow us you see one thing about sight issue have honestly funny thing i was just writing for this this coming week is crazy not crazy busy we have a, tomorrow monday sunday monday tuesday we have three days revival meetings and tuesday morning pastors conference evening the meeting and saturday so I was just thinking you know different things okay if you go to a simple thing okay look go to hebrews chapter 11 and verse 2 by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of god so that the things which are seen are not made made of things which are visible the worlds were framed and god just said let it be Yes. let there be that's all he said yeah. okay it is so simple by faith because science wants to know everything the what the why the when the how and all it's very simple we understand god made it do you remember can you imagine in the past few hundred years the trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars spent exploring the origin of this universe hmm. what a waste that money was okay there are some certain scientific good things that have come which have been used for other applications but we are talking about the overall picture if that money was invested in people everybody in the world would be having a home and would be free from hunger and poverty but why was all that money put in <laughs> simply because man will not believe what god has said if these people in power and charge were people who were believers they would have said no there's no need to waste all this money let me ask you this question apollo mission that mission what did you get from going to moons walking over there and coming back what did you get if you read the bible nobody is going to colonize mars or moon and love their judgment is here you're wasting your time Elon Musk and all, you're wasting your time. If you think you will make a colony in Mars and live there, fire will fall there also when judgment takes place. You're wasting your time. You see, this is where faith comes in. See, science in so many ways is not false. 
But the problem is the man who is after science is false. Mm. So if you don't bring faith into the simplest of things, to the most complex of things, we are wasting our lives, we are wasting our time, we are wasting our energy, we are wasting our resources. And God said, you just trust me. You just trust me. So they were supposed to live by the principle of life. What is life? Jesus said, my words are life. So all these things are written. So many see. First, only one don't was there. All the others were do's. Thousand trees in the garden. Do, 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 do. <laughs> one tree, don't. So very simple life was very simple. One don't, all do's. Then they went with the don't principle. <laughs> now there are very few do's. Have you noticed? Yeah. So many do's. Yeah. See, the law is being increased, increased. All the increase in the law is with the don'ts. Mm. It's not with the do's. Mm. Have you noticed? Cybersecurity, the, all the laws being changed and passed in the parliaments are only connected mostly with don'ts. Mm. And then do what God said don't. Homosexuality is this, this. And they will change the law and say, do it. No problem. Because we broke one law. So where does the man of God or the child of God go and see? You see, if if you look into any law framework, mm. okay, there is a crime and there is a punishment. And the quantum of punishment, looking at the nature, let us look at murder. Okay, So they will call first degree murder, second degree murder, third degree murder. And then of course, if you are in the circle, there are 33 degrees of murder. <laughs> Many degrees of murder are there. Okay, and the guys at the top are murderers. Because I live by that, that principle. I don't know, maybe that's why it's called degrees. So, for <laughs> each of this murder, there's a quantum of punishment. Minimum and maximum. The judge cannot go beyond that. He has to stay within this framework. Okay, so there is a crime. There is the a punishment. Jotorowski's famous novel, Crime and Punishment. Okay, so in the simple way. If you read the word of God, God tells us this thing. If you do this, this is what will happen. Mm. You see, once he has spoken, it's a law. Mm. It's an unseen principle working. The simple thing for a child of God is not to understand how the law functions. Just obey the law. Simple thing. You look through, okay, you look through, there are laws established by God. There are good things. Honor your father and mother. You shall live long in the land. The law. It's such a simple law. The once God spoke it, it came into pass. Yeah. It came into pass. Now you cannot subvert or change these laws. It is passing. So it doesn't matter which man it is. A Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, irrelevant. The law will work. Because everybody has a father and a mother. Mm. Anybody born in earth, in any culture, any religion is born of a father and a mother. Mm. God says, honor them. You honor them. You respect them. It will go well with you because this law will work for you. For us, it is more than that because we are believers. So we are not just looking at the law. We are also looking at this awesome lawgiver. Mm. So we don't need the incentive of the law alone to obey. We look at him. That's why Jesus now comes and says, the ultimate God has done. This is the cross. He's going to redeem you. 
all that. Now he says, if you love me. If you love me. That's why, actually, the next three days, starting tomorrow, the three days, uh, revival meetings, the theme is Galatians 5 things. Only one thing matters. Faith working through love. So these are the two most powerful fundamental principles. That's all God asked Adam and Eve to live by. Trust me, love me, obey me. And by faith we understand. By faith we understand. The word does not mean we understand. No, because you see, the sight is always something, something happened. What is the first question? They say, what happened? You're looking, let's say Raj is sitting. What happened? He says, how did it happen? Why did it happen? Where did it happen? This is typical scientific questions. This is science. That is how sight operates. Faith doesn't want why, what, how, when and all because you know what? The answers may not satisfy us or may not even understand. How was the universe created? God says, I said. Now, how do you bring why, what, where, when scientifically to what he said? So when Bible says by faith we understand what we understand is God made it. Mm. If any man thinks, even in eternity, he will understand God, he still hasn't understood God. Because it is not possible for us to really understand God, how these principles work. And sometimes, you know what, we don't want to know all these things. Why do you want to know all these things? How is it helping you? So the simple way to beat fear is these two principles. You go to Galatians 5. Live by this principle. That's it. Only one thing avails or matters. What is that? Yeah. Faith working through love. And that same chap- book will say, um, Galatians 6.15, if I am right. Hmm? Yes, yes. New creation. Yes. Yeah. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. So we are a new creation, and the new creation is supposed to live by this law. Yeah. Faith working through love. And you know what happens? Fear comes. Fear goes. But remember, there are fears. See, some fears are good. All fear is not. See, God also put in fear as uh, for our protection. Fear of fire is a good thing. It's a very, what call, it's a, it's a protective fear. You don't play with fire. That's yeah. one of the first things we tell children. Don't play with fires. Don't be careful about heights. No, because if you fall, you will hurt so much. Those fears are not negative fears. These are fears which are positive that protects you. Right? Yeah. Protect. When COVID took place and some instructions were given, that was in many ways to protect us. Yes. Keep washing. Don't touch your face because this is the way. Okay, So, that's a good fear to have. That's not a bad fear. Okay, but these good fears are there because, like, I was talking to somebody, somebody. I mean, a child brought a ganache, sugar, sugar cane juice for me. I said I'm very hesitant to drink it. Okay, Uncle, Papa, you don't like. Sugar. I said I like sugar cane juice. That's not the point. But I don't trust where it is made. 
I said, I don't trust where it is made because one, it is out in the open. Second, I don't know where they put ice. Second, I don't know what water they used. <laughs> no, it's just, said, you have to drink by faith. I said, that is not faith. That is testing the Lord. Faith is one thing. Testing the Lord is something else. Okay, you have to, you know, that is what the devil is trying to tell Jesus. Jump from there. <laughs> Jump from there. No, no, that is not faith. That is not faith. That is testing the Lord. So sometimes we need to understand the difference between faith and testing the Lord. We are not asked to test the Lord. <laughs> we are not asked to test the Lord. So these things are there. And when we test the Lord, what will happen is, again, fear will come in because we don't realize he has commanded his angels. No, suddenly you fall and realize there are no angels guarding you. God says, let him take a good knock and he will realize that's not the way I asked. That was not faith. That was not faith. That was not faith. Okay. But if you go to Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, Okay, and verse 40. Mark chapter 4. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is that you have no faith? We see in 1 John, perfect love casts away all fear. So love pushes fear away. Okay, faith pushes pushes fear away. There are two things. And what we need to realize, both are connected to a person. Mm. It's connected to a person. Okay. And now, in the world, inside, what you try to do is that you connected it to something which is called money. Mm. The more money you have, the less fear you have. Did you realize? Yeah. In this world, more money you have, because you try to tackle your fears with acquiring money. It's not just for pleasure. I'll show you. James. Chapter. Okay, chapter 5. five. And words. My words are false as God. Okay, read from words 1 to 3. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth repeaten. Verse 3. Your gold and silver are corroded, and the corrosion is a, will be, corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. What does it mean? There's a whole, whole list of things that will happen in the last days, and your money cannot buy you out of that. Hmm. Why did they hold money? So that was their protection. You know the very rich, the the ultra rich, all have built nuclear bunkers. <laughs> but when the fire of God comes, that is not going to protect you. <laughs> okay, the rich, the powerful, the mighty, when pestilence came, they all died. Only could they could afford the best treatment, but if it was a sentence of death, they still died. So God is talking. You found your security in money. Mm. You found your security in money. Should have found your security in me. Your money could not save you. But the other man who had faith, even when he died, he died without fear. He died in peace, knowing what Jesus said. I'm preparing a place for you. Preparing a place for you. 
Thank you, Lord. So that's how you handle fear. Mm-hmm. Then there are what we call, which is not, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure where my language is right. I don't call it primary. I call it secondary or twice removed from you. Honestly, putting across. I do not fear for myself at all. Absolutely at all. But I fear for others in so many ways to whom I am connected. Right. Because when I look at them, I wish I could just by laying of hands transfer my faith into them. But I can't. I can transfer a gift, cannot transfer faith. Each one has to acquire faith on their own. So what happens is, I fear for others. Mm. Now you, what do you do? Mm. Because you realize, how do you escape that fear? It's, it is easier to escape the first one than to escape the second one. Wow. Okay, so all you can do is trust God. But the whole thing is that as those children, even in the church or your own children, grow up, you know they are moving out of your life where you have power. At some point, your own child moves out of that and God will not listen to you. God will not listen to you. Because God will say, no, I have have no grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I have only children. I have only children. Mm-hmm. I'm not grandchildren. So then, you know what? You have to battle this fear. But you do not know. Mm. You do not know. You do not know. Okay, You do not know. But you can also know. How do you know? You know by, like me, wise like Rebecca. When the babies are born or conceived, go early to God and seek his will for them. Now when everything looks bleak, <laughs> you can still stand on what God has said. What has he said? The elder shall serve the younger. Have yeah, one promise. It is the promises of God. Okay, now you go to Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. And four, okay? His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. Let's live godliness. We are looking at life. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and worship. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world. One of the ways of corruption in the world is fear. Yep. There is no fear in heaven. Yeah, yeah. There is fear only in this world. Okay, So you fear for somebody. If you want to escape that fear about somebody, you need to partake of God's divine nature connected with the promise for that somebody. And even in your bleakest day, you stand by and say, but Lord, you said, mm-hmm. and I'm just standing on that. Hmm. Because the word of God is there. In the word of God, the promises are there and there are general promises and there are specific promises. That's where I said, anyone who comes to God must believe that he is, that he's a God who speaks. So as parents, Raj is here, he's got a little baby, so a year, less than two years old. He will receive a promise for Gracie if he goes. And once Gracie grows up and they go through this teenage and all the mess in the world and you do not know what your children are doing, they will never let you, they will tell you one story, what they are doing. You either will live your life in fear 
or you can live your life by faith, by standing on Lord. I know. You said to me about this one, wow. this one, this one, this one, this one. This is what you said. I don't see anything. I don't have to see anything hmm. because by faith I understand. Amen. Faith I understand. Hmm. Faith I understand. So in everything, how do you deal with fear? You deal with fear by faith and by love. The one to whom you have come. That's Jesus. The cross is the epitome. Because hmm. no greater love, the Bible says, has a man than the one who lays down your life. Jesus laid down his life for me. Meaning, there is nobody who has ever loved me more than that. So I can love him. Okay. So that love sets me free. That's what Romans 8 says, right? Yeah. Mm. Romans, if you go to Romans 8 and then I think it's 32. Okay, it's a powerful word. Who, right? yeah. mm. who shall can bring any charge to God's lecture? So. Yeah. 32, 32, yeah. He who did not spare yeah. his mm. own son, but delivered him up for us. us for. Mm. Don't make it us. That's for me. Job. For me. me. Yes. Shall he not with him also freely he give me all things? things. But there are so many things pertaining to life. Yep. So when he gave his son for me, won't he with him? With him. That's the point. <laughs> won't him with him. That is the life of faith. See, the life of faith, the new covenant life of faith is with him. It's with him. Because in faith, there are two people always. In sight, you can be alone. In sight, you can be alone. I can be a loner. I can be alone. I'm always thinking about myself, 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 myself. I can be alone. In faith, you can never be alone. There are always two people. There's God and you. Mm -hmm. There's always God and you. Because faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who has a faith will cause us to go to God. So there are two people. There are two people in faith. And that's what the Bible is talking about. So how do you handle fear? This is the only way you can handle fear. The one is, you ask the Spirit of God. Okay. Now this is which we need to understand. Why it is so different. Like I keep telling Know, for people to get it over and over again. The life of faith in the old covenant, the life of faith in the new covenant are completely different. They are not the same. Because the Holy Spirit was outside. It was not inside. So you were still dependent upon something that was outside. You were not born again. Your life was not. Your life was not the same. In the new covenant, what happens is what is being promised. If you look at what was promised to Abraham, go to Galatians. Okay, Galatians chapter 3. Yes. Hmm? 13. Okay. 3.14. Okay. Yeah. When Jesus became the curse, 13 talks about he became the curse and the blessing. Well, let's put 13 and 14. Mm -hmm. Because curse and blessings are there. I said before you, life and death, blessings are curse and Curses, okay? Christ has redeemed us from the, the curse, curse of, of the, the law, yes. having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. He did not only redeem us from the curse, but he also released the blessing. It is one thing to be redeemed from the curse without any blessing. Yeah. 
ഹാലിയ <laughs> so the new life is the life of the spirit so in the new covenant the life of the spirit is the life of faith mm. it's the life of faith you cannot have a new covenant life of faith without the spirit but there are new covenant people who try to live the old covenant life of faith mm. old covenant life of faith you know it is doomed to fail because the greatest in the old covenant failed There's only one way you can succeed. That's why the Bible says faith is victory. Mm. Why? The life of faith is the life of the spirit. <laughs> can the spirit be defeated? No. How can it be defeated? It cannot be defeated. So this is so when even when you read the old covenant in the old covenant you have to see the spirit of Christ. Spirit of Christ. Okay, everything if you, you go to Isaiah chapter 11 and read 1 to 3. talking about Jesus and that is our life there shall come forth the rod from the stem of Jesse a branch shall grow out of his roots so is that Jesus and the first thing that talks about Jesus who is born of the spirit the spirit of god shall come upon you and what is conceived in you shall be the holy one that is Jesus born of the spirit okay and the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him what is that the spirit of wisdom now i have two choices I can go the old covenant way and study and meditate and all that lean on myself I'm not saying in the, the work of the spirit it is not there but it is different you can do the same thing but have two different results I can work hard and 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 acquire knowledge and wisdom or I can lean back to the spirit of god and work hard kya baat hai these are not the same same this are not the same mm-hmm. outwardly it may look the same but, it's not. but the result will be completely different absolutely mm. the result will be completely different yeah. here what is happening jesus was woken from morning to morning he learned the word he knew everything but when he standing he standing by the spirit of wisdom Hallelujah. the spirit of the lord has anointed me the sp- the other person is leaning on his hard work yeah Mm. So lean on his hard work. Mm. Mm. Okay. Now, in both of them, the database is the same scripture. <laughs> but it is not working the same way. Mm. It is not. This is what happened. The first thing that happens in the gospel according to Mark when Jesus gets into the synagogue and starts preaching. The first thing they said is that, this man preaches with authority and not like the scribes. Mm. Now, you think the scribes did not know the scriptures? Mm. course they knew their scriptures they were very good in the scriptures but authority they did not have mm. because they did not have the spirit jesus had authority because he had the spirit mm. so he had the we want to use that word the gumption to tell them you have heard so but i tell you why does it i tell you <laughs> no how is he telling it is through the spirit mm. he's telling it through the spirit so this is what the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding the spirit of counsel the spirit of mind the spirit of knowledge and the spirit 
of the fear of God. In the old covenant, you talk about the fear of God, 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 and people just trembled and were afraid. Nothing happened. But in the new covenant, when you are talking about the fear of God, the fear of God, you want to walk in it, has to be brought by the Spirit. You have to lean on the Spirit of God who is in you. We'll go to Romans five five. Romans five five. Okay. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit who was given in us. That is the key. The key is this: when God talks about in Romans fourteen twenty three says, "If you eat by doubt, if you he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith." Faith. Okay. Now the thing is that the simple question is, where did doubt come from? Mm-hmm. Now, if you read the entire context of it, it is not talking about what you can eat and what you cannot eat. It's not talking about no, this is kosher and that is no, not. no, no. It is not talking mm-hmm. about that. He says you are in a context, and there is a let us say a weaker brother. He just come from another background. He's saved. He does not eat beef. He does not eat meat. He eats only vegetables. You can eat anything because you have no issues. You have faith. You know, by prayer and the word of God, it is sanctified. But when you are about to eat, God says, don't eat. Why not eat it? It is sanctified by the word and prayer. He says, no, that. You will affect the... But you don't even realize the other person is watching you. No. Mm. The Spirit of God says, don't do it. Mm. You're wondering. Anyway. I don't know why he said don't do it. He may not even tell me. Hmm. He may not even tell me. He just says, don't eat today. So you put that away. And you eat. You don't realize you encouraged another believer. Bah. A weak believer. Because he is looking out and everybody is eating meat. He's feeling condemned. You know what? I am the one odd one who is sticking out. I remember a beautiful story told by a pastor. His daughter brought the man whom she wanted to marry to home. The father invited him for dinner. Okay, invited him for dinner. So that he could meet him. Mm. This man was a simple man. This family is a much more cultured, educated, but this is a very nice man, simple man who didn't grow up like the way this. So when they sit down to eat, he was he was a construction worker in US. Okay, this thing. And they were all uh, eating with a fork and spoon and a knife and everything. And the boy was very embarrassed mm. because he was dropping it. He was dropping it, dropping it. The father was watching the other side. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he looked at it out. And the father said, he didn't say anything, okay? He has acted as if he didn't see it at all. And he said, oh, this is too difficult. He put it down. And he started eating with his hands. Okay. And when he started with eating with the hand, the other man looked at his hand and okay, he did. He also put down quietly. And the, the issue is that the father can't eat with his hands properly because he's trained to eat with a fork and a spoon. But the young man can eat very well with the, with the hands. What did he do was that he went by the law of love. And suddenly the young man is relaxed and eating nicely. Everybody is calm around there. What did he do? He just by the impression in his heart when God is saying that, you know what? what you don't God? have to do this. Instead, do this. Mm. This is the law of love. 
This is the law of faith. You need both. Because you have to do it by faith. You need to be able to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. The simple thing. If you were in his shoes, would you want to be embarrassed? No. No. So you know what? Just do it. Hallelujah. This is the law by which we live. We don't live by the old covenant law. (laughs) You don't live by the old covenant. Because if you live by that, these are only principles. These are all principles. The principles has power in itself. Yes. But the problem is you don't have the power to obey it. So God gives you the person of the Holy Spirit and then he empowers you with the power of the Holy Spirit and he says, live by this principle. And when you live by this principle, you know what happens? You live life without fear. You live life without fear. You live life without fear. Mm. Otherwise you live life with fear. Okay, but this is the issue. I will tell you this. I mean, it's all connected with what I'm preparing also to preach the next three days, but it's good to rehearse. Because you know, if you go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt each one a measure of faith. Meaning, simply he's saying is that, you know what? Very simple, practical advice is there. One, I should know my level of faith. Yes. Second, I should know the level of faith of others. If you are in leadership. Like, let us say you have three children. One is three years old. One is ten years old. One is eighteen years old. And you are all doing things together. To the three-year-old, you will give him a 50 gram. You carry this. Mm. He will say, no, I want to carry that. No, honey, you carry this. No, you don't want to hurt his or her feeling by saying, you cannot do that. He will say, you know what? This is the most important thing for daddy. So you carry this. Okay, I'm very happy. Little one, I'm carrying the most important thing. To the 10-year-old, you give a 5 kg stuff. To the 18-year-old, you tell him, you carry the bigger load. You know why? According to their strength. According to their strength. Sometimes we need to be very, very, very careful. We don't try to do things beyond our measure of faith. Yes. It does not mean you remain where you are. No, no. Mm. You have to increase. You cannot live. And this is the level. God will ignore you. Ignore you. Because you know what? Life is going to, burdens are going to come. God has his own burdens to be placed on people. And if you don't increase your strength, like the trainer in the gym says, <coughs> the gym says, okay, one of the first things I told that my trainer when I went to the gym is that I'm not here to build my muscles. So don't give me all these weights. At my age, I just want to sustain my strength. Yeah. So don't try to break my back. <laughs> that is not my issue. Okay, okay. That is not my what I am here for. But faith doesn't work like that. Mm. Faith doesn't work like that. So this is the fundamental mistake Moses made. Moses kept on opposing the purpose and the will of God. And finally said, I cannot speak. Finally God said, okay. (laughs) Then you don't speak. Your brother is coming. You stammer to him. He will speak eloquently to the people. That was his mistake. Because what happening is that the people are seeing Aaron. But Aaron has no faith. Aaron has no faith. The one who has the faith is Moses. Aaron has no faith. But the people are listening to Aaron. 
So what happens is, as soon as Moses is away, Aaron's faith is tested. Boom, he goes down and makes the golden calf. Why? Because he does not have that faith. Hmm. Does not have that faith. And that's where we need to realize we have to grow in our measure of faith. Why is it there? Two words are brought over there. Hmm. Look, it's all fundamental. These two words. One is the word grace. The other is the word faith. Now, if you go to Romans 5, <coughs> you will understand why it is put across that way. 5.2. Romans 5 and verse 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into Through this grace. Faith. What is grace? Simple. One, it is the unmerited favor of God. Two, it is the power of God. By grace I am saved. The unmerited power of God came into my life. Okay. So it is by faith I access the power of God. So if my faith is less, I have access to only very less. So if you tell a two-year-old child to lift a 15-kilo bag, how does he access the power? Mm. He doesn't have that strength. Mm. So this is not an option. This is not an option. It is not an option that I need not grow in faith. Because as you grow in life, life is going to get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. And you will realize the only way you can stand when the day of evil comes is by grace. Mm. But if you don't have the faith to access that grace, you will fall. You will run. You will quit. So this is not an option. This is not an option. So what do people do? People run and try to hold money. Because that is their strength. Hmm. It works to a point. After that, it, it doesn't. But God says, my answer to my children in this world is faith. <laughs> faith is the victory in this world. <clears throat> That's why 1, 5, uh, 1 John 5, 4 says, right? Hmm. Where it uses two words there. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Yes. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. faith. So, overcoming is connected with the world because every fear, every test, every trial, every trouble you are going to face is in this world. It's not outside this world. In this world. Death is a cessation of troubles. Everything you are going to face is you are going to face in this world. And God says, one thing guaranteed, faith always overcomes. The question is, to overcome, do I have the measure of faith? It is not that faith, the nature of faith, is it overcomes. The question is, do I have the measure of faith to overcome? Mm. Measure of faith. And we have used simple examples, right? You have this little wiring which is needed for a, let us say, a 10 watt bulb. You use the same wiring for that AC, it will blow up. But isn't the electricity the same? (laughs) What was the problem? That wire did not have the capacity to take that load. Mm. So, if you look at Jude 20 and 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2 or 3. But you, beloved, Building yourself on your most holy faith, mm. praying in the Holy Spirit. Build, in, build yourself 
ni most holy faith okay we are bound to thank god always for you brethren as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other so this is a fantastic church it's a noble church Now don't run away with what Paul says in the book of Acts. He commented the Berean church only in one aspect. Mm. <laughs> yeah, searching scriptures. Mm. They don't uh, receive anything from anybody. Mm. They are very careful that the faith we have to receive has to be authentic. <laughs> Because your faith is false. It is false. Okay. Yes. In Kerala, this used to happen. I have heard, right? No, patients come, but they have psychomatic disease, so they don't really have a disease. <laughs> but unless they take tablets, they won't get well. So the doctor will give eat these tablets, but they are not actually medicines. They have a tapioca powder, made it into tablets, and say take this three days for five days, three times a day for five days. There is nothing in that. It looks like a tablet. It is not a tablet. It is just tapioca powder. He eats it for five days and is very well. <laughs> Okay, so you have to be very, very sure that your faith is genuine. Mm. Or faith to be genuine is your source. So Paul comes and preaches. Mm. The Bereans listen to him. Okay, you sound good. Well, let us test with Scripture what he says. Does it agree with Scripture? Because faith comes from hearing. So you usually hear from a vessel. Mm. Now that is not enough. Mm. Is the vessel speaking according to what Word. is written? Yes. So he is commending them only for that, mm. only for that. So don't he says they were more noble, noble than the Thessalonians in the way they tested Scripture. That is saying, but the Thessalonians are very noble. In great affliction, they and received the, the word. word of God, and he talks about that. As if it was the word of God through men, oh, wow. they received it. It has the power to work okay, in those. It's all there in First Thessalonians. He talks about that, and it worked in them. But not only that, they grew in faith yeah. and they grew in love. So it's a very powerful, very very powerful church. Mm. But they also have a fear. What is the fear? Has rapture taken place? So these letters are addressed. It's supposed to be the first letters in the Bible <laughs> are written to address one fear. What is that fear? Rapture Don't worry. Rapture hasn't taken place. It will take place accordingly. This is the manner. So we need to realize this is how you handle things. Mm. There is no other way. God hasn't given another way. You have to build your own personal relationship with God. Personal relationship with God—that is faith. So that's what Amos will say. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? agreed? Unless they are agreed. See, to agree, I don't have to understand. I just try to obey. Right? When you are a child and your father says something, you don't understand all the stuff they say. But you agreed by obeying. Go brush your teeth. No. Why should I brush my teeth? I don't understand all the things. In just when I brush your teeth, saved you a lot of misery in the dentist chair. But you didn't understand. You just agreed with what your father said, your mother said. You agreed with it and you did it. Hmm. A child doesn't understand so many things. Parents say, "Wake up in the study hard. It is good for your future." He doesn't understand future. He's not interested in the good at all. He just wants to go play. But he does. He agreed with his parent and he studied. Now, thirty years back, he's you know what? Thank God, I agreed with you because <laughs> I have a good job. So, Enoch walked with, with God. God. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. He agreed with everything God said by faith. By faith, 
got to give. Got to give. This is, I know it's a big answer, but it's a very important question mm. because you know what? As the Bible is very clear, in the last days, men's, men's hearts, hearts will fail because of fear. Can we have that in Luke 21 or? No, no, Ma- uh, Ma- Matthew chapter 24. No, I think no, no, hearts no. will fail. Yeah. I think it's in Luke. So it's not for fear. Yeah, Luke mm-hmm. 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 26, 21, 21, 21, 26, 21, 26. 21, Men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Hearts are failing because of fear. Okay. In the man of God or the child of God, what is there in your heart? Two things. With a heart man believes. Faith is in your heart. Mm-hmm. He has poured the love of God into your hearts. Your heart is controlled, should be controlled by two things. Faith. One, faith towards God. And Second, love. love towards God. Your heart cannot fail. Mm-hmm. How can that heart fail? You will actually look up because you realize with expectation, excitement, my redemption is getting closer and closer and closer. You see, the natural man has nothing to look forward to after death. That's it. That's the reason why. That's that is his problem. In, well, let's go to Colossians 3. Even if we answer only one question, this one question will answer every other question. <laughs> okay. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. What does it mean? Ignore the things on the earth. He's not talking about hmm. that. This is what Jesus was talking about in John 14, 1 and 2. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. You see, it's a very simple, logical thing for a believer. See, everything you aspire in life on earth, good, better, best, is temporal. Even if you acquire it all, your body loses its capacity to enjoy it. Yeah. Right? Because your capacity is decreasing as you grow older and older and older and older. Its capacity is decreasing to enjoy anything. Okay. <laughs> on the other hand, on the other side, you're going to receive a body which is different. A life that is eternal. And things which you cannot even imagine. Why this is important is that because then you realize, you know what, real life is on the other side. Real life is on the other side. So there has, if you don't meditate upon these things, you will not have an excitement about life on the other side. And actually you will start looking, that's why the Bible is talking about the saints groaning to put aside this body. Put aside this body. Because they look at it, real life is there. And that's what I said. Always read the last two chapters of the Bible. This is life on the other side in very nutshell. Very little is described. But then I said, then read Isaiah about the thousand year rule of Jesus Christ. Thousand year rule of Jesus Christ. Revelation 21, 22. No comparison to that what life is Jesus on. That still is on this earth. But it is great. Even the youngest will live for 100 years. 
no enmity between man and animal child can play with the lion the leopard the cobra no fear of robbing and rape and stealing everything is perfect under the rule of jesus by the righteous but even that is nothing compared to what eternity is eternity is after that so if you focus on these things you will start dealing with your fears dealing with your fears and dealing with this is how you actually deal you look forward to that life and you make your decisions now looking forward the bible says in right colossians the thing he says right 3 and verse 3 when christ your life is christ your life so when you see this is where colossians 3 3 yeah when he said put your mind for you died and your life is hidden with christ in god when christ who is our life appears now this is our our major issue is this this is, <laughs> this is why i keep telling you no god's fundamental principles are there every home is a house but every house is not a home every home is a house whatever kind of a building it's a house but every house is not a home what makes a house a home what makes a house a home two things it's faith and it's love mm. it's faith and it's love these two things is what makes a house a home so we have this plaque we'll put over there christ <laughs> is the head of this home if it is true then the man says you know what my head is christ mm. one i hear from him to i love him therefore i love i want to hear from him and i want to speak to my family and i love them the woman says that man is my head and i love him the children says our parents dad and mom we love them we honor them we obey them you know what happens that's home that's home and you don't need many things to make that home whether you have things or whether you don't have things the joy is connected with the people the persons there that's what the bible is trying is christ your life heaven has great things streets of gold river flowing trees and all but that's not the whole pot question is that your life or is christ your life because if that is your life in heaven also you will not be able to enjoy god but if christ is your life you will be able to enjoy all mm. these things mm-hmm. okay so in a very loving home where there is faith and love if you have many things you are able to enjoy all the things but if the things are taken away still it is sustained by faith and love but you have another home which has lots of things but there is no faith there is no love they enjoy nothing <coughs> they enjoy nothing they have it all they have it all but they are they are really and their enjoyment is transitory because god has not given man the capacity to enjoy things forever we are supposed to enjoy god and then the things which god has given because things are there god says his divine power has given us all, all things things but those things will have its meaning 
or like I like I said, no, things happen. There's things like if you come to my house, so come over here. There are things. There are things. I can show you a coat brush, probably older than me. Still looks very new. That coat brush is so valuable to me because it's my father's. There's one knife in my bedroom. I told, I was telling my wife, you know, every birthday of ours from childhood, that was the knife that cut it. It is still there. Isn't that the thing? If you go to my kitchen, there are so many knives. But does that knife give this joy? Joy, no. Other knives give me pleasure because beef is cut with that, mutton is cut with that, chicken is cut with that, it's all cooked. It gives you pleasure which is transitory. You eat today, you have forgotten. But when you see the other knife, mm. it is different. It still gives you joy because it is connected with memories of persons whom you love. Associated with people. Mm. You don't remember the taste of the cake that was cut 25, 30, 40 years ago. You don't remember, but you remember the person. Mm. The person. That is what we are talking about. Things have to be connected with persons. With persons. Okay, persons. Okay, like my wife may just, just she, she, she cannot associate, so she may give away something away. And then I'm looking for it, I can't find it. Then I go to somebody else's house and I'm suddenly looking at it, it's there. <laughs> and then I come home and I say, how did it reach there? And she said, oh, I just gave it away. I said, it's okay. I said, now let me tell you the story of that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Do you know where that came from? Do you know how long I have kept it there? Do you know where it came from? Came it from. I said, this is from. Like if you go over there, I have three Dakes Bible. And Dakes Bible is a very expensive Bible. But there is one Dakes Bible which has got a memory attached to it. That was my first Dakes Bible given to me by a CSI priest because I taught him for a year. I always longed to take Dick's Bible. I did not have the money. I did not even make that note. I said, Lord, I wish I had Dick's Bible. There were so much studies in it by one man. The notes. Okay. And then one day he gives me this. So there is an association. So I have given Dick's Bible out to others who are interested. But that one, will I give it away? Of course not. No, I will not. Why? But aren't they all Dick's? Oh. Couple of the ones which I gave it away, the print was bigger. But I won't give this one away. Mm. Why? It's associated to a person. Okay. This is what you need to realize, okay? Now you take so many things off, your wife will not ask say anything. You take this thing, oh immediately what did you take it off? Why do they say that? Why do they say that? Okay. Ring, the ring is the ring. You don't say that, you're asking for trouble. So you need to realize this is how you battle fear. And he may not have a ring, but if you yeah. don't have a ring, then it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because for them, that's a security. Okay. So you need to understand this is how it comes. This is this is how it this is how it comes. How do you battle fear by focusing on one, the person, first the person, and two the place, two the place. Mm to the place. This is David's security. 
and even when he is miserable he is secure where can i run away from your presence even if i go to hell and make this you would leave me alone there but even in that words there is security so even i go to hell you are there you will pull me out from there you see he is really that's why that man is so important in the old covenant that's why god tells about that man This is a man after doctrine. He's a man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> <He doesn't say. laughs> okay. See, Solomon taught doctrine, but we understand doctrine through David. See, if you have to look at Solomon's proverbs about do and don'ts, you have to look into the life of David to understand it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So this is a man after my own heart. It's my own heart. Okay. This is what is important. That's how you deal with fears. Okay, deal with fears. Let me give one verse and let's go to the next. Go to Second uh, Samuel in chapter two. Second Samuel chapter two. Chapter two. Verse twenty-two and twenty-three. This is the death of the child that was born through Bathsheba through adultery. Hmm. Okay. Listen carefully. This is a child conceived in an act of adultery. When that child is conceived, Bathsheba is not his wife; it is Uriah's wife. This is the child that dies, and when he dies, he says, "Now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him. He shall not return to me." You look at this man. How did he know the child is going to paradise? How did you know? Wow. This is what I'm talking about. Life. How did you know? Okay. If he was not a man of God, a man who knew God, he will be guilt-ridden by saying, "This child was conceived in adultery, and because of my sin, the child is dead. This child has been condemned to hell. I will never see him." That's not what he says. But about Ab- Absalom, he has no assurance. Oh Lord, yes. Because now he's not a baby. He's a grown-up man. He doesn't know. He doesn't know because he has to make his own choices. This is what I'm talking about. This is how you deal with your fears. You deal. This is a man who knows God. This is an old, new covenant man living in the old covenant. Okay. So this is what we are talking about. We are not called to live by the principle of good and evil. We are called to live by the principle of life. And Jesus said, "The spirit is the spirit of life." He will tell you. Mm. He will tell you, and that is that is how we walk. Mm. You know, when you walk by, that's the walk of faith. Walk of faith. Fear is gone. Fear is gone. But grow in faith. It's not an option. It's imperative. Grow in faith, in trust. Grow in love. That's why he commends the Thessalonian church. You know what? You're growing in faith and growing in love. I'm excited. You know, so yet they are in affliction. They are a persecuted mm. church. Mm. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, because you're talking about relationships and friends and love and home, I think we should look at one question which has been which has been there for a while now. And this is question number eight. Okay. okay. It says um, God places few people, relatives, friends in our life for a season and time, and then He removes some when it turns out to be toxic to the toxic to the point of attempts to humiliate or pull our faith down. In the light of the scripture below, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. 
If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Is this the same context Jesus meant not to persuade such relationships and attempts to share the gospel or truth or even engage any such conversations? If so, do we keep them in our prayers but keep them away? See, uh, I think we have used this illustration. Okay. Relationships. All relationships are not the same. Mm. See, we say in English, it takes two to tango. Mm. It takes two hands to make a noise. Okay. God has loved us with an everlasting love. But all his children do not love him the same way. Mm. Because God doesn't overrule your and my free will and cause us to love him. No. The Spirit of God can shed abroad his love in my heart, but I have to choose in my will to love him. Yep, yep. Okay, you cannot. This is the this is the simple thing that is caught in marriages, everything. Because when people uh, try to get other people to love them, and you realize you cannot. You cannot make. Because it immediately becomes, the nature of love is that Love can it can exist sometimes, not sometimes, always only in an atmosphere of absolute freedom. Yep. And sometimes you have to tell people, you're wasting your time with that man or that woman. He's incapable of loving. Or she's incapable of loving. Just move on with God. He's the one who will never break your heart. I'm not asking you to leave him or her. Stay. But don't expect from that man or that woman which only God can give. He can give it or she can give it. But she is not interested or he is not interested. This is this is the liberty, this is the freedom to which you see in the book of Genesis mm. happening. Right? Genesis. You turn to chapter 30. Leo. <laughs> it's so important. Chapter 29, 29 sorry, and verse 30, um, um, uh, 29, 29 onwards. 29, 29 onwards. And Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. And Jacob also went into Rachel. He also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served Laban still. Okay. So the thing is that. Now the problem is that in a family, there are issues. Okay, in this context, you are talking about two wives. It should be only one wife, but two wives. So you have to accept the reality in Jacob's life. And then you have 12 children. You cannot love, love one wife more than the other. It will cause trouble. That's why God in that thing, he, he did not say you should have only one child. Mm -hmm. He said multiply. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons why he said don't have more than one wife is because it is impossible for man to love two women the same way. Yeah. But he can love all his children the same way. It's the honor. <laughs> he can love his children yes. the same way. It's not a issue. Yeah. But to love two wives the same way is very difficult. Yeah. No man has been able to do that in the Bible. No man has been able to do that. Neither Abraham, nor Jacob, nor David. No man has been able to do that. It's not possible. That's why God sees the whole church as one bride. He doesn't see the church as multiple brides. <laughs> the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. He sees them as one. He doesn't see it as many, as one. So that's why Jesus is talking with us not so in the beginning. beginning so what has happened is that Jacob loves Rachel. He loves 
Leah also. When the Lord saw Leah was unloved, the simple thing is that in verse 30, the Bible says, he loved Rachel more than Leah. He loved Leah. He loved Rachel. He loved Rachel more than Leah. But God saw Leah was unloved. Isn't it a contradiction? God says, he loves Leah. But he loves Rachel as his woman. I remember an old Western movie. I don't know which one was that. Western movie. Where there is this married woman. And there is this guy who always helps them. It's a Western. Okay. So, he asked this woman. It's a very dangerous lifestyle. Those American Indians, other bandits and all. He pointedly once asked this woman. Are you his woman? She looks at him and says, I am his wife. He looked at her and asked her. That's not what I asked you. That's not what I asked you. Are you his woman? Because the word Eve means woman. woman. You know you can be somebody's wife and not be his woman. What a statement does. Or you can be somebody's husband and not be his husband. That's why we always have to go to the beginnings. Okay, so Leah is his wife. Rachel is his woman. Rachel is his woman. Rachel is his Eve. That is one. He has sex with the other, but he is one with his woman. God saw Leah was unloved. And he opened her womb. (laughs) But Rachel was there. There. And then you read further. She is struggling, striving for Jacob's heart. But he won't give it. Because you can give your heart only to one woman. You cannot give your heart to two women. Leah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben. For she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. Now he will love me because you know what? I have given him a son. Rachel can't give. So he will love me more than he loves Rachel. She conceived again and bore a son. Because the Lord has heard I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son and all sons. She called this now Simeon. Did it work? She conceived again and bore a son and said, now this guy, my son, will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called He is not bothered. You cannot make a man love a woman or a woman love a man. You cannot. So God cannot make us love him. We have to love him. We have to describe who God is, understand his nature, his goodness, his kindness, his righteousness, his loving nature, all that. Because there is this outside person and then there is this person. You actually fall in love with the person. And what the world has messed up is that they have messed up our minds that we are in love with the outward person. Yeah. Yeah. Outward person. Mm. We are not in love with the inward person. Mm. Because when the Bible, so the world talks about beauty, 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 and then the poets will eulogize the thing of beauty is joy forever. No, it's not. Mm. No, it's not. Mm. It's not. So when Christ comes and says he's the fairest of 10,000 and all, outwardly one day when we see he will be that. But that is not wow. talking about that. He's talking about the person. The person. That is why we have to focus on those things. Otherwise, you know what? 
our love also will be false. Also false. So the Bible says, love is kind. Love is kind. kind. So what does it mean? It means I have to be one to be kind. Two, I have to teach my people, my children to love kind people. Not good looking people. Have to teach them. You know that one? That's a real person. You know why? Because he's very kind. Mm. That is the kind of man you should choose. Mm. That's the kind of man you should choose. Daughter, when you grow up, choose that kind of a person. You know what? Who's very kind. That's real love. Not one who's tall and handsome and then he's, he's harsh and nasty. Unless we, this is how faith receives the truth of God. Mm. So she's trying, trying, trying. He doesn't love. Mm. Then when it comes to verse 35, the fourth son, she conceived again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. She took her eyes of Jacob. Took her eyes of Jacob. And she looked up. And she realized, you know what? All the while she was striving. See, the issue is this. This is the issue. If you go to 29, chapter 29. Mm. Hmm? And verse 16 and 17. Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder one was Leah. The name of the younger one was Rachel. Problem is this verse 17. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. Delicate here means, let us be very simple. She was cross-eyed. Cross-eyed. You know what cross-eyed? Looking London, going Tokyo, we say in, in slang. Cross-eyed. But Rachel was beautiful. So this is the literal case of love at first sight. Mm-hmm. Sight. <laughs> love at first sight. He saw and he fell in love with Rachel. After that he had eyes only for Rachel. Only for Rachel. Okay. And he doesn't like yeah. Leah. It's not that Leah is a bad person. It's simply because Leah doesn't look that great. This is what the whole world, the enemy has messed us up. The end entire world is built on a false idea of beauty. Mm. Not God's idea of beauty. God's idea of beauty. So this is basically what will happen. So you need to realize, you know what, there will be toxic relationships in a home, in a church. There will be toxic relationships. Mm. It's because they are not looking at what is actually beautiful? Actually beautiful. If they were to understand, okay, there will be some people, let us say, they are not good looking, they don't have a great job, they cannot give much, but they are very kind. They are very kind. They are very patient. They are very gentle. And you should, it is very easy to work with them. To relate to them. Mm. Okay? So what happens is that then there are others. They are very talented. They are very gifted. They are very good looking. But the problem is they are very self-conscious. It is all about themselves. Mm. So with them, you have to walk on eggshells. Mm. Because this is the whole thing, you know. The, the whole thing is this. With them you have to walk on eggshells because you know what? You have to be very careful because they could be 
very easily offended. Easily offended. And then the relationship becomes toxic. We are, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. This is how it happens. Mm. This is what it happens. Mm. And the problem is that in the body of Christ, all kinds of people are there. So God uses illustrations like body. So I use that illustration. No? So in the body of Christ, one person may be a nose, the other person may be the armpit, and God has put you at a distance. Why? You are not good to be together. And so some days that toxic person is good and you know you put perfume in your arm. You know this is not this is not really you. But thank you. <laughs> Today's was a good day. Why? Because his let us be very crude, his armpit didn't stink. But normally we know this is what his he he stinks. But today use what do you call that? Deodorant. Huh? Deodorant. <laughs> yes, deodorant. Now, do you accept deodorant as a part of his personality? No. You know it is from outside. But when he puts that deodorant, it brings the nose comfort. Some semblance of sanity. So when these toxic people act good, nice, you feel, oh, today was a good day. But you cannot, you cannot really trust them mm. until they radically really change and some people may change some people may change god can put you through a ringer that doesn't mean you come out well okay mm. keeps using the same example you god puts naomi and ruth through the ringer one comes out beautiful mm. kind gentle obedient that is ruth and she's a moabite mm-hmm. <laughs> then you have the israelite Put to the same, it comes out bitter, angry, nasty, fighting with God. But didn't be two people go through the same thing? Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Life's experiences does not necessarily change us. It's our response to it. Response to it. Okay, response to it. And you can either come out better, can come out bitter. But the fundamental thing is that it's all got to do with God, like Rhea, Leah. Yes, yes. Understood. Yes. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to God must yes. believe that He is. Yes. So, one of the first lessons I learned is that I have to learn that anytime I go to Him, He's good. Wow. He's always good. Yeah. He can never be bad. James one thirteen. He can never be bad because you see, we just randomly say God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. You know what? Mm-hmm. It is absolute doctrinal statement. All the time, God. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God does not tempt man with evil. Every evil that happened in my life or your life is one because of sin. The world is evil. Full of evil people. And everything went haywire. All the things. There was no cyclone. There was no earthquake. There was no famine. All before the fall, nothing was there. Everything was turned upside down by Adam's sin. It affected everybody. Affected everybody. So that is there. The sin of man is there. Sinful men around over there. But through it all, the child of God always has to say, Lord, all these things are happening. But you know, Lord, you are good. Mm. 
You're always good. And if I trust you and I hang in there and believe you, you will turn all these things around for my good. That's what, go to Genesis chapter 50. Look at what that young man who believed and he said, 25020. I should remember it now like with numbers, 5020. 50, not 25, 50, 20. For as you, so he's not, he's not whitewashing anything. These are fallen men, his own brothers, fallen men. Why are they doing it? Because of the sin nature. Mm. You are sinful men. What do sinful men do? What is their natural capacity to do? Evil. Mm. You meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. Okay. Okay. So basically, this is what God is actually doing if you allow him. Because we have a free will, I love him. All the evil that is happening to us because of nature and laws broken and sinful men, you trust him, he's for turning it around. Hallelujah. For our good. Thank you, Lord. Turning around our hmm. But for that, you have to first and foremost fundamentally believe with all your heart, God is good and always is good. He'll never be bad. He's good, he's righteous. He's good. And he's righteous. If I lose something, that does not mean God is bad. It just means he was righteous. He will not pervert his justice. That's what Moses understands. God is not bad. God is good. He promised all this to the first generation. He's still good. So he will take the second generation in and give them everything what he promised their fathers because he's still good. Mm -hmm. He's still good. But because he's righteous, because they rebelled against him, they cannot possess it. But because he's good, he will still feed them in the wilderness. Okay? God is good. God is righteous. Saul, if you listen to me and obey me, you and your descendants, this throne is promised to you. Did he obey? No. He came to David and said, David, if you... Did he do? Then he tells... The Jeroboam. other guy, Jeroboam, mm. you have to read. He gives the same, same promise. See, God is not a respecter of persons. He loves all his children. Our problem is we don't love him. Mm. So he looks at the entire history of Judah and Israel and he says, one man loved me. All these kings came in, but one man. Nobody was as faithful as David. Wow. Their father David. David, 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 David. David is the second one. Mm-hmm. But down the line, you go down. I always David. reference point is David. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a very interesting thing that how one father can actually set the destiny of the rest of his children. Because you look at Saul, he had a Jonathan. Mm-hmm. But because of Saul, Jonathan got messed up, even mm-hmm. though he was a righteous man. You have Jeroboam, he made a mistake, he messed up his entire generation. Entire generation. And you have only David, even and though his thing, later generations messed up, because of the faithfulness of the, the father. father. I mean, that's yeah. remarkable. What a, what a, what one man yeah, can actually, thing, actually decide the yeah. destiny of his generation. So, you need to understand. Mm. But, that's, that's, that's one law, yeah, but yeah. there's a subclass. Exactly. The mm. mother, the father will bite on it's sour grapes, the children's teeth, the children's teeth, okay? yeah. Down the line, anybody can change. Yes, yes. Anybody can change. Otherwise, we will take that as a law and think, okay, I mean, so my father, yes, yes. Okay, the father's iniquity mm. is there, but in Christ, all that has been broken. Mm. Mm. Broken there. That power has, that's why he is not even giving us, he's not even improving our old yeah, life. He's giving us a new life. life. Mm. Don't even think about that. that is our whole issue. Our issue is that we are using faith 
for the old life. Mm. Old life. Because we have been blinded. Because we think this life is what is good. Mm. But we don't realize the life that is coming has no comparison to, to compare. Life. Yes, yes. And the devil, if he cannot stop you from getting saved, he, he will stop you from inheriting the kingdom. Not entering the kingdom of God. You already entered. He mm. cannot stop you. Inheriting the Inher- Inheritance is a different, different thing. thing. Yes. Hmm. He will keep you hmm. like a child. Hmm. Child, though is the heir of all things, as long as he is a child, is no better than a slave. He cannot inherit. That's what he tells hmm. the Corinthian church. He hmm. says, you have entered into the kingdom, but those who do such things will not inherit, inherit. the kingdom of This God. is the difference which hmm. we need to understand. Hmm. And because they are still children. Because they are still children. children. Yes. Father may die, living four children, three children. But when he leaves the will, he will say, uh, I'm leaving this part of the property to the first two who are major. But the rest is under the trust, which the others will inherit when they reach the age of 21. Till then, they should get a monthly stipend of 5,000 rupees. Wasn't the estate theirs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can they be given? No. Why? Why are they? All this is yours? Yes. How much do you get? 5,000 rupees. Why? Because you have not come of age. Mm-hmm. Come of age. So, this is how the devil steals. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. He steals. So, that's why. So, there are toxic relationships. But we don't hold anything in our heart. Mm. We just keep our safe distance. Mm. Because what happens is, the issue is this. Our heart and our mind works this way. If we don't keep, choose to love them and yet keep our own distance, what will happen is that they will occupy our minds mm-hmm. and we will not be, be able to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. Yes, yes. So God says, don't hold anything. Forgive mm-hmm. them from your heart. Absolutely. Forgive them from your heart. Love them from your heart. But you don't have to go keep going and get beaten up. Mm-hmm. There's no need. Man. There's no need. There's no need. You can keep your distance. You don't... You See, you cannot... Expect the same relationship with everyone. Mm. Even Jesus did not with his own disciples. He had his levels of relationship. There were three who were very close to him. Right? James, John and Peter. And of that, the closest to us, John. Mm. Wow. Closest to us, John. Okay. Yet he did not discriminate. He mm. loved John more than the others. He did. But when he said Peter, Peter, yet he, see, just because you love one child more than the other child, the reason is because of the nature of that child's mm-hmm. love. But that doesn't mean you entrust everything into the child, you entrust into the one who shows more maturity. Yeah. It's true. So you see, this is how decisions are taken. Decisions are not just taken by your feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this one, but you know what? That's too young, too immature. John is too young, too immature. So it's to Peter so many things are told. So many things are told. So we need to understand these things because mm. this is how life works and relationships works. And some relationships, even within a family, are very toxic. Mm. Joseph's family was, the whole relationship was absolutely toxic. Toxic. And if you look at it, you can blame Laban, 
you fool jacob he never wanted to marry leah but the problem is you cannot stop there you have to go all the way back you said jacob you fooled your father mm. you cannot stop there you have go to isaac and said you fooled yourself you knew jacob was the chosen you said this thing so so if you go back you have to finally stop it adam not <laughs> <laughs> so so god says stop that pointy thing you leave it alone <laughs> i took the blame on <laughs> the cross now you stop blaming one another let's look for a resolution mm. are you looking for a solution he says the solution is christ mm. i will give you the solution i'm giving you an absolutely new life mm. but there will be many within the body of christ who are not mature mm. not mature mm. they're not they're not walking by faith they're on and off mm. They're not walking in love, so those who are walking by faith and walking by love, it is easy to relate to them. Mm. It's easy to relate. But those who are walking not by faith and feelings, and they confuse feeling for faith. Mm. Simple thing to do. The advice God would give from the example of Joseph is: sip your lip, don't, mm. don't talk. Mm. Things which God has revealed to you, mm. don't talk to them. Because they will not understand and they will not appreciate. You made a boo boo. That's a classic case of throwing pearls before swine. <laughs> does, does it mean you cannot throw pearls before swine? No, you cannot. Yeah, pearls should be given to those who appreciate pearls. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. if Joseph had ten elder brothers and one of them actually loved the Lord, like you, you, you need to understand this thing. Okay. Moses brings a six hundred thousand men out, men out, and out. that's six hundred thousand men. Only two are really of that generation, kosher. That is Joshua and Caleb. God can pick Joshua. Caleb will never be jealous. That's a super thing. Mm-hmm. Never be jealous because they are both are of the same kind. Mm. Caleb understands it is Joshua that has been chosen. And not me, and he's okay with it. Mm. Sometimes you will look at it, you will feel that Caleb's spirit is stronger than Joshua, but it's God's choice. It's not God; it's God who chose, and you go with God's choice. Full knowledge of God chose. Okay. So if you look, so the simple thing is that can God speak the same thing to Joshua and Caleb? Yes. Without Joshua, a Caleb getting upset mm. because Caleb is a mature believer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a mature believer. So you have these pictures over there, but you look at all the others of the same age: Korah, Abiram, Abim, uh, Nathan, Nathan, and uh, Aaron, Miriam. and Miriam. They are not mature. Mm. They are not mature. If anybody should be jealous over there, it's Caleb. Caleb is not jealous at all. At all. So superb spirit. That's the reason why he's got a different spirit. He says the mm. thing is that one mm. of the ways you can, one of the way to handle this, to handle this. I'm honestly telling you, one of the ways to handle because these are all natural. human of the old man, the yes. natural man. Yes. Envy, jealousy, I've been neglected, I've been avoided, all those things. You no, know? the simple way to look at that, you know what? This is temporal. Absolutely. This is not eternal. Yeah. What Joshua is in eternity and what Caleb is in eternity, we, we do not know exactly. Mm. We do not absolutely know. true. Mm. We do not know. Mm. See, God gives one five, another three, another one. The challenges are different because He knows each one. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and the battle they are fighting is not the same mm-hmm. the problem is the first one lost the battle he lost the battle not because he did not have he, a he gift compared. he was jealous he compared himself yes he was jealous yeah. and of course he put the blame on the master you are a hard master and all but he was jealous he said why did you give them three mm-hmm. why did you give him five should have given me and the third one has to fight something else the third one has to fight what the battle the first one is fighting he's not first i have to fight the i am not jealous of the one who has got five first okay. he has to win the first one's battle okay. second he has to humble himself and learn from the other one mm-hmm. wow he is multiplying so he knows something which i don't know let me learn from him mm-hmm. exactly so you need to realize that's how things work mm-hmm. See, we have to humble ourselves to learn from others. We have to fight from being not being jealous of somebody else. But we fail in all these battles because yeah. we are not realizing all these battles are temporary. Mm-hmm. Eternalities are different. Each one will be judged one on one by God, mm-hmm. according to what is given and according to what you did. And there is no comparison there at all. Comparison there at all. So we have to fight envy, we have to fight fear, we have to fight all this thing. Toxic relationship, yes, we have to look at it, but we need to be very, even when we keep our distance, we love them. We love them. We don't hold unforgiveness in them. And why is it so important is because that's your test. That's your test. Because one, God cannot prosper you. God cannot prosper. If you hold resentment against them God cannot prosper you. You will never fulfill God's purpose in your life. Why? Because go back to Genesis yeah 50. As for the same thing same verse as for you you meant okay. evil against me but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Because if you hold resentment in your heart mm. you cannot be the vessel that will save them one day. Hallelujah. Mm. Joseph cannot be the redeemer of Israel in Egypt because he when he gets them in his power you know what he's going to do he will look for vengeance wow. I want to teach you a lesson mm-hmm. he's not even looking for justice he's not even looking for anything he's looking for revenge so he cannot be that person mm-hmm. so some people will never prosper is simply because they cannot handle this because what is god's prosperity what is god's prosperity god's prosperity is putting you in a position where you can be a blessing to others but god cannot put you there because in your heart you hold a lot of resentment and anger so god says i love you i cannot put you because you will do harm you will do harm to people because the entire purpose of salvation is to redeem god has made us ambassadors of reconciliation to god is through christ reconciling the whole creation and we are we are part of it but god says i cannot put you part of it i cannot give you power i cannot give you authority because you know what if i give you power and authority you will abuse it you will abuse it you will abuse it so man's prosperity worldly principle prosperity is one thing god's prosperity is a completely different thing. So don't look at prosperity just look at this prosperity is it by god or is it by man because even people in the kingdom of god can prosper by man's means yeah it does not mean it is of god it is of god it has to be of god it has to be of god you have to go through god's ways so god puts him through the process yes i have given you two dreams you shall reign over your household also 
But the question is, you have to prove yourself. You will be that man. Mm. You will be that man. And the whole idea is that when those people who misunderstood you, who were toxic in your life, who harmed you, if I were to put you above them, how will you deal with them? How will you deal with them? Yes, God. Mm-hmm. So he puts Joseph through the ringer. Puts through the ringer. They put through the, his first test is as a slave. What will you do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to serve your master who bought you off his slave block? Are you, you're going to get no rewards. You're not going to get any salary or anything. But how will you serve him? Will you serve him as unto me? This is your test. He passes that test. He's thrown into prison. He passes that test. God says, now I can put you on the top. Your brothers will come. The entire famine is orchestrated by God to redeem Joseph's family. He will do stuff like that which we don't. Whole world is under famine. For what? To save 70 people. That's it. To bring him before a man who will redeem them with his kindness and his justice. He doesn't compromise on either, but he's kind. Very, very kind to bring them to their consciousness what they did. And he's not going to punish them. He only wants them to accept that and then he can redeem them. God is not going to punish us for our our mistakes. He just wants to go before him and accept it. See, this is where theology matters. Theology matters. <laughs> okay, Because in in Catholicism, from where I come from, if you, I, thank God I kept me from all that, but my brothers and sisters all were. If you went to a priest and confessed, it should have been the end of it. Instead, he will tell, say this many novenas, light this many candles, so that becomes penance. penance. Bible doesn't say that. Bible says, if you confess, That's <laughs> he is faithful. If you confess, he is faithful. He doesn't ask you to do penance. Why doesn't Christ ask you to do penance? Because he took the penance on the cross. These are fundamental things. Because this is so important. Because, see, if we do not see these things, if you do, let me tell you, because these are life-liberating things which you learn over a period of time and realize, I wish I had known this. I wouldn't have looked like this. Go to Corinthians. First Corinthians. First uh, Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen. Six fourteen. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness? Fellowship has righteousness. What are you called? Righteousness. The righteousness of Christ. You are called right. You are never called a sinner. Mm. A believer is called. <laughs> The believer is never called a sin. It is always called righteousness. It is never called a sin. It is always called a righteousness. This is what sets you free. See, when Paul's people go what Paul says, but if Paul talks about him, if I think it's in First Corinthians 15, right? It's another place where he calls him chief of sinners. Uh, That is uh, uh, First Timothy chapter two, first chapter one. Timothy chapter one, 
And he says, chief of sinners, yes. Yeah. Verse 15. Verse chapter 15. 1, verse 15. Okay. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He's not talking about his current status. He was talking about who he was, was when God saved him. Yes, 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 yes. We have to get it very right. Mm. He's not calling himself the chief of sinners yeah. at that point. He said, no, when he saved me, I was the, the chief, chief of... There is another place I forgot. I just read it a couple of days back. Where he gives a list of stuff which he actually did to the church. He gives a list of what he did and you look at that and he says, do you know what? Evil men do evil to evil men. I did evil to saints. So how much more evil am I? Think about it. Richie is standing here. Raj is standing here. Let us say, Richie is a criminal and Raj is a godly man. I slapped Raj. I slapped Richie. Which is the worst slap? Right? They will say, you deserved it. <laughs> Ra, you deserved it, they will say. Okay. But they will say, how can you slap him? 113 pastor is there. Hmm? It's there. Same, hmm? same place. Okay. 113 on Yes. No, no, there's another place. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, we will not look for that. Okay. Hmm? It is not that also where he says, okay, it is okay. I know, I'll show it to you. Hmm. Okay. Another place it is there. Very, so many places he describes these things. Mm, about yeah, what he, he really did. So you need to realize his guilt is not the same like other people's yeah, guilt. Yeah, because sure. he left the wicked people alone. Mm. He went after the saints. Bah. So he says, I was the chief of sinners. The other sinners went only after sinners. I went after the saints. So when he is talking about himself as chief of sinners, he is not talking about his current status. This is where you have to see yourself. Mm. If you see yourself as unrighteous, mm. as a sinner, you will never grow. Mm-hmm. You will never grow. See, the problem is so many of our things, we are picking it from the old covenant, mm. which you will never see repeated in the new covenant. We will pray Nehemiah's prayers. But Nehemiah's prayer is irrelevant to me. I'm not looking at the iniquity of my forefathers. I'm looking at my identity in Christ. I don't even look at my father. I look at my father who gave birth to me and I look at my father who gave rebirth to me. So where is my identity coming Mm. from? (laughs) See, if you look back at the old identity, you will always struggle to overcome. Mm -hmm. So even when you are confessing your sin, you are confessing as a righteous person who sinned and the blood of Jesus does not make you righteous. No, it cleanses you of all unrighteousness that came into thee. It is just, that is what Jesus' final lesson to his disciples. He wrapped a towel around him. He washed the feet of his disciples. When he came to Peter, said, don't. He says, if, you do, if I do not, you cannot have any part of it. And he says, give me a bath. He says, you don't need that. You are already clean. The problem is, when you go out, your feet will gather dirt. You will sin, you will do. Only you. That does not make you unclean. See, every time, if I sin and I become unrighteous, I will question the righteousness of God that I have received by faith. 
Think about it that way. When I received by faith, when I repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and his atonement work, what did I receive? Mm. The righteousness of God. If it is I received is the righteousness of God, every time I sin, can I lose the righteousness? No. That is what happened under the law. Mm. It is a righteousness by works. Yes. So when you did not do the works, exactly. or did you did contrary to the works, you lost that. Mm. So the priest has to go forever, every year, and you have to offer this offering and that offering and this offering. Bible, there is no offering. Until the next offering again. <laughs> what is the offering? By one offering, he has made perfect. So what is the offering that we give him? Is the offering of praise. Lord, I can't believe it. I am righteous. Yes, yes, yes. And I didn't earn it. It's given to me as a gift. I am righteous. I am righteous. I am righteous. I'm a child of God. I am righteous. God says, you know, that's your sacrifice of praise. That is the only sacrifice I require from you. Sacrifice of praise. Why are you praising? You know what? I am righteous as a gift of God. I'm a gift of God. When you look at these things, that is where you need to understand what is. What happens? The faith you learn to overcome by faith. Because these are all works of faith. Faith gives you access to the grace of God. By faith you receive the righteousness of God. Mm. And by faith you are declared righteous. It's all done by faith. So that's how we have to look at things. And that's how you are able to overcome sin too. Mm. Because otherwise it's it's very difficult to overcome sin. Because if the way you are going to overcome sin, oh, Every time I sin, I have to go back to one and get born again. Every time I sin, I have to go back and get born again. You know, it's very That is the way people are. People are forever trying to get born again. Now you are born again. It's a righteous man who is going. There's a difference between the old man sinning and the new man sinning. The old man is sinning because that is his nature. He's born in sin, shaped in iniquity, therefore his nature, default setting is sin. Mm. The new man has been born again of God. His default setting is righteousness. So sin is contrary to him. Mm. Unless you know that, you will accept sin as natural to you. (coughs) you. Once you understand your default setting now is righteousness, then you will look and you know what? You will never become, that's why we use this illustration between the pig and the cat. You take a pig, give it a beautiful shower, shampoo it, everything, put a nice dress and a pink ribbon and let it out. The first pile of mud you get it, you the fellow jumps into it because that is his default setting. <clears throat> you pick a cat mm. and put little dirt on it. That fellow will sit there and it's cleaning it and cleaning it and washing itself. Why? That is its default setting. Mm. So we use this illustration. What are you? Are you a pig or a cat? The old man is a pig. You can do whatever you want to to him. Yeah. His default setting is dirt. The new man, born <laughs> of God, the righteousness of God given as a is given as a gift. His default setting is righteousness. So feed the new man. Mm. Feed the new man. This is who you are in Christ Jesus. This is who you are. Everything else is contrary to you. Do not accept this as your normal. Fear is not normal. Faith is your normal. Unloving is not your normal. Loving is your normal. Unkindness is not, not your, your normal. normal. Kindness your Short-tempered is not your normal. long You have to feed the new man. This is who you are. This is you are. Teach the new man and see what will happen to you. Because much of the teaching is to the old man. Mm. 
But the old man shouldn't be coming to church. Yes, yes, it's yes. a new man who should come to church. <laughs> you have to teach the new. This is who you are. This is when the new man receives the teaching and teaching and teaching. You know what he looks and says, you know, that's, that is not mine. I don't want that. That is not mine. It's easy for him to reject. Easy for him to reject because he understands this is who I am in Christ Jesus. And then all is so the only kind of trouble the new covenant sanctions in our life are the natural wear and tear and all that is persecution because of righteousness sake. That is the only thing that is sanctioned. If you look into the new covenant, the only thing Jesus went through, the firstborn among many, the only thing Jesus went through is persecution because of righteousness sake. Nothing else touched him. And God is saying, that is the new life that I am offering to you. And when that happens, he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad because you are partaking in the sufferings of my son. So this should be a default setting. I will not accept anything in my life other than what is because of righteousness sake. Why? Because that is who I am, righteous. So if anything that is happening to me because of righteousness sake, my reaction is, that's Paul and Silas. They are singing. Why? Because what has happened to them is because of righteousness sake. Not because they sinned. Not because they did anything evil. That's what I said. If you suffer because you sinned, What is the whole kind of saying? I'm being patient. There's no point. But it's because of righteousness sake. So we have to look at life differently. And also, if you have come to Christ Jesus, see, these are fundamental things. When you came to Christ Jesus, the point, each one of us know when we came to Christ, we repented, we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, the Bible says, even in the old covenant, he says, we are forgiven. Your sins I remember no more, no more. Over. Forgot. If God has forgotten something which you and I have done, it doesn't matter who remembers or who reminds. It does not exist. That is your starting point. It does not exist. A lot of people who came to the Lord after, let us say, a lot of people who are listening, who are part of the circle, and they did abominable things. But when you came to Christ Jesus, it does not exist. You repented, God has forgiven. Do not let the enemy condemn you. Whatever it is, it's not there. Mm. It does not exist. It's there. It's taken away completely. Boy, oh boy, that's taken too long. This is where you, this is where faith comes in. Because if you don't believe this, you haven't really believed in what Christ did on the cross. And what the father did on his son. We don't believe that. We're saying, no, 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 no. Not all my sins. I still have to go through the consequences. of Who's told you? Who told you? All Who told you? There are other consequences which are beyond your hands related to other people. people. But not personally. Amen. It stops because Christ took it. Yes, you sowed in the flesh. But you walk in the spirit. What you sowed in the flesh before you came to Christ Jesus, you cannot reap today if you're walking in the spirit because it is contrary to God's principle of seed time and harvest. It, 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 it doesn't, that person doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist anymore. Yes, I sowed in the flesh. God says, if you walk in the flesh, 
you will reap. But if you walk in the spirit, what is sold in the flesh, there is no ground for it to come back. There is no ground for it to bring. Because everything, every seed needs a soil or a ground to bring forth. There is no ground. Mm. That is why God is telling us to walk in the spirit. Because we all sowed in the flesh. He says, you know what, there is a law set in Genesis 8, as long as earth lasts, seed time and harvest will last. The thing is that you sowed a lot of things in the flesh. You don't want that harvest. Walk in the spirit. Because mm. it cannot come into pass. Why? Because that man is dead. So even if people accuse you or people try to do, it should have no effect on you. Why? Because you died in the waters of baptism and the man who came out is a new man. So you shouldn't get offended and upset and that's it. I don't know who you are talking about. Thank you, Lord. I don't know who you are talking about. Oh, that man, that was an old man. That man died. See you. Dead men are not bothered about either your eology or your condemnation. He's dead. <laughs> the dead man's spouse may be listening whether you are saying good about her husband or his wife. But the man or the woman who is dead is not bothered. So that is the reality of baptism. That is why Paul will say, I like the old English word, will say in Romans, reckon yourself yes. dead. Mm. Who is that yourself? That's the old man. Then there is only a new man. Mm. He's never under condemnation. How can the new man be condemnation? Mm. If the new man has condemned, Christ is condemned. Mm. Christ now sitting over there is condemned. Mm. No. The new man is seated with Christ Jesus. Mm. So if the new man is condemned, Christ who is seated on the right hand is living in condemnation on the Father. No, it's not. He was condemned only once on the cross. He's not condemned now. He's exalted. Mm. That is how you have to look at. You know what it's an enormous liberty. Mm. Amen. Enormous liberty. That's that's the life of faith. That's the life of faith. The earlier we learn, you know, we are teaching you stuff which we learn through lot of errors <laughs> and experiences <laughs> which we didn't have to go through. Yeah. Didn't have to go through. Okay? It's the simple things. So if you have learned we will say experience is the best teacher. Mm. No. The best teacher is the teacher who experienced. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> experience is the second best teacher. But you know who is the best teacher? It's the teacher who experienced. So in the first 50 chapters of the book of Genesis, the best teacher is Joseph. The overcomer. Mm. The teacher you look at Joseph, you look at his life, and mm. there is a lesson for us. This is what you need to do in Toxic relationships. Because relationships is what causes headaches. Yeah. Mm. And you will have toxic relationships. Everyone will have toxic relationships. Mm. What should I do? Learn from Joseph. Mm. You go that way, you will be exalted. Mm. You will be exalted. And when you see them one day in their miserable state, all you will feel is compassion. You will feel compassion. That's the interesting thing about Jesus. Whenever he saw people, he only saw compassion. compassion. From the cross also he is seeing compassion. <laughs> Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Today you will be with him. <laughs> then man, okay, you will be with him in paradise. Father, take care of your sons. Okay, everything is so compassion. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Lord, why are you not showing me compassion? Why have you turned your face away? My father, my father, I have forsaken. So that he could show us compassion. Okay. Yeah.
Amen. Was that enough for today? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Great. Let's look. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord. Yes, Lord, when we look at the goodness of God towards people who were enemies, ungodly, sinners, and without strength. Lord, we just don't want to be quiet. We want to be excited. We want to praise you, Lord. We just want to praise you, Lord. We just want to thank you this evening for what you've done for us. Not just this evening, oh Lord. Our life, Lord, let it be an expression of thanksgiving. Let it be an expression of praise and worship for what you have done for us on the cross, Lord. Scarcely for a righteous man will anyone die. For a good man, someone would dare to die, but God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What an awesome God we serve. We just want to thank you for reminding us this evening, O Lord. Yes, Lord, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. I pray, Father, that we will continue to walk in that liberty of knowing that we are accepted in the Beloved. That, Lord, we are not only accepted, but we are seated together with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places, enthroned with Him. We are not only raised, but enthroned. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for these truths. I pray, Father, that, Lord, that we will truly experience them, that they will become a part of our own experience and a part of our testimony and our witness, O Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Pray, Father, for all the children who have Send these questions and those who have heard the answers. I pray, Lord, that you would, Father, not only this day, but in the coming days, even as many people will tune in and hear, I pray, Father, that you would multiply these answers, O Lord, and make it relevant to every situation that your children are going through. And you would cause faith to arise. And Lord, that will be an expression of love even in our lives, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Commit ourselves to your kind hands. Grant us a good night's rest, O Lord, today. And Lord, even as we... Father, come back tomorrow, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, we will all be prepared, O Lord Jesus, to come to your house and to listen from you. We praise you, we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 See you all tomorrow.